This message that is so on my heart today, it really, I think, has just kind of brought um, a full picture of the decade I've been on with the Lord. That, you know, Zach didn't tell me I'm going to mother our children. I really took that on as a mantle from the Lord, that the Lord had given me these children, and now who's going to raise them? And, you know, because most of this time we've been overseas, we didn't have a church alongside us to partner with us. It was on us to do this, to disciple them, to love them, to discipline them, to care for them. And sometimes that felt lonely, but I had to take that to the Lord and say, God, help me to do this. Help me to do it well and help me to be passionate about it. I don't want to have regrets later on. But doing this, this study that I've been on, and Zach, of course, bought a book for me. And so I read this book, and it's been an awesome book for me, again, to just kind of put words to what I felt like the Lord was speaking to my heart. And the book's called Missional Motherhood. And that really is the way I have approached motherhood, that not only were we overseas on a mission, but I also had these little people And Zach and I feel very strongly that, you know what, if we can lead a whole bunch of people to the Lord, that's great. But if my children aren't among them, then what did we do wrong? Because we know that they are watching us and observing our lives more than they're just hearing what we say. And so we want to do our part to really raise our kids. But I also want to challenge our thinking, because we are the church, and hopefully we all understand the church is different from the world, right? Right. And so within our church community, I really want us to think about motherhood as discipleship. And this is a challenge for me as well, because, you know, one day my kids will go off to college and go off on their their careers, but I just don't think the Lord is drawing me to an end of this heart, I feel. I am a mother. I also mother people. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think it's by design, and I'm going to talk through that today. But as I talk about mothers, what I'm really meaning is disciple-maker. And we have a lot of those women in this room, who serve, who wake up in the night, maybe not to feed a child, but to pray for a child, or to pray for a student, or to pray for a colleague, or to pray for somebody that's really struggling to get through their PhD degree. I mean, you think about these things, and we'd we'd like to say, well, this is a day that we just honor our mothers, and we need to do that. Lord knows I need to honor my mother, or she's going to have a mother-daughter talk with me. But we also have to embrace what God designed. And God made women with a passion and a purpose to be nurturers and to disciple. So if you'll let your mind shift just a little, to broaden that a bit, there are women throughout this church who are mothering my children right now while I'm mothering you and I wanted this, this was a funny thing. When we became lead pastors, somebody said, well, you're going to be the mama of the house. And I was like, uh, that's not helping me embrace this. <laughs> but as I was doing this study, I thought about my love for you and how God has grown my capacity to love you and sometimes we haven't had the opportunity to sit down and to know your story, but it's, it just doesn't really matter. We love you. God has put you in our hearts. And yesterday, we had to, the opportunity to be a part of the amazing race with our youth. And we're sitting at the soccer field waiting for the students to come, and I just reached over and told Zach, we need to pray. They're driving all over the town. They're racing. Let's just pray for our young people. And then they had to come find us at the soccer field. And Hawk's team, Hawk and Sarah, they're the first ones. Hawk was like sprinting across the field. He was like, 
It was crazy. And as they were leaving with the same energy and speed, I'm like, we love you. Be careful. Drive safely. He's running across the bill, and he's like, we will. We know. I mean, it was just one of those crazy moments where I just felt like, no, really, you know? No tickets. No accidents. Jesus. Anyways, we're going to get into a passage of scripture today. Um, So if you guys want to stand with me for the reading of God's word, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out. Do you? Do you have your Bibles? (laughs) So this is the shorter pastor on staff here. (laughs) Not to be mistaken with the big guy here. Okay, Zach's going to lead us in the reading of God's word, so let's follow along. From Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17. I'll give it one more time. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 17. Go ahead. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Lord, we just ask you right now to just open our minds to this scripture and to embracing a new definition of motherhood, Lord God. Help us to be open to your word, Lord God, and help the word to instruct us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Zach and I have referred to this verse about going overseas, you know, and taking the gospel far away. And as I was preparing this message, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those. Now, because it's Mother's Day, this is really not talking about a pedicure, okay? So this isn't the Bible's way of saying you should have a pedicure, okay? Just want to mark that off. No, really, I just thought it was kind of funny, but honestly, this is such a powerful passage of Scripture that says people will not know the truth of the gospel unless someone tells them. And so that's our challenge today. So I want to start by saying mother is a noun and a verb. I am a mother of three, and I also mother people. And this has become so clear to me because this past school year, I have been doing in-home childcare. So I really feel like I have been mothering to the extreme all the time in various ways. It's just kind of like a bam, 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 all the time. Something's coming up. And it's been a precious time for me to truly love other children that are not my own family, but now they feel like my family. I know their voices from upstairs. I know who's calling me, just like I know my own child's voice. And so this year has been such an amazing year for me personally in growing and being a pastor and embracing that role that God has given me, being a mother and finding that balance on how do I do both of these things and how do I honor God with it? And so I want to challenge us today on three different points. I want us to be missional mothers. And I really believe that we can be missional mothers because we have a good God. You know, sometimes we'll look at the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, and it can really seem like a negative story. But honestly, it could have been a lot worse. God could have looked at Adam and Eve and just said, you're annihilated this was a big mistake. (laughs) But he didn't do that. He, of course, set out a punishment. But you know what? We weren't destroyed. Humanity wasn't destroyed. There is hope for humanity from that first moment where God decided to punish, but to love and to continue out the plan for humanity. And so we can look at that and say, we get to live. Have you thought of it that way? Not we have to live. We get to live. And we get to live out our lives as God has made out a plan for us. We get to be women. Have you thought of it that way? 
instead of I have to be a woman, we get to be mothers or disciple makers. We get to nurture people. I've really grown weary of the negativity with women and motherhood. There's so many opinions out there, and culture seems to really drive this. And I think the Lord is just continuing to raise something up inside of me to say, the church is supposed to have a different message, and who's saying it? And the Lord has given me a big mouth, and so I'm going to say it. Is that okay with you? We have to go against the negativity of culture. Because God did not design woman to be a negative thing. We are made by design from a perfect creator. And I think we should just stick with the plan, if that's okay with you. We were made in the image of God. We may have been created physically from the rib of Adam, but we are made in the image of God. We have God's character That's who we are. That's what we bring to the world. That's what we bring to our families. And we have to embrace that as a passion and as a purpose, not as a default. We get to do this. We get to be image bearers of God himself. Genesis 3.20 reminds us of our original design. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living things. Isn't that amazing? Have you really stopped to think about what you get to mother? And that should be a passion in your heart and not something that's negative, something that the world would say is a bad thing. We must embrace our unique design And by doing so, we honor God's creativity and his design to live according to his nature. We are image bearers of God himself. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our mindset. If you have negativity in your heart about being a woman or about being a mother, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to work on your life and search the scripture. Search out the scripture And find out that God has a lot in store for women. We have a part to play, but we have to come at it with the right education and the right mindset and honor God. It's exciting to me. It's what I get to do, and I'm glad to do it. The next point is that we can be missional mothers because we have good news. And I love that. Don't you all, don't you love good news? I do. I don't like bad news. I like to keep it light. I like to keep it happy and positive. The bad news, let's just get through it quickly. That's kind of how I am. Let's get it over and done with, and let's get the morale high again. That's kind of how I function in our home. But we have good news. We have good news all the time. God's word is our guide for life. His word tells the story of himself, and his word is the plan of salvation And we get to share that plan. That's amazing. We cannot diminish what God designed us to do. We get to share his story. We need to be word-filled. Women are nurturers after God's own heart. The number one need for humanity is salvation. It's not food. It's not water. It's not shelter. It's salvation. Because without salvation, you do not have a hopeful eternity. And eternity is coming for all of us, for everyone, every person on the planet. And we want people to have eternity with God by his design. And as women, we get to share that good news. We need to read the word. We need to meditate on it. We need to memorize it and imagine how our lives will change when we are word-filled. And as a result, we'll have a ready word to share with someone else. And if you're word-filled, it's hope. The message of the Bible is hope. And what does that automatically dispel? 
negativity, being pessimistic, being depressed, feeling hopeless. These are the things of a woman's world. And honestly, we should despise it. We want to draw women out. I mean, look at us. We're beautiful, right? And this is by God's design. And you want to be vibrant. And you want to be full of life. And you want to be radiant from your face and radiant from your eyes. And where does that come from? It comes from God, from the joy that he plants inside of us. It's hard to receive a message of hope with a posture that doesn't look very hopeful. But we have to be grounded in God's word. That's where the promises lie. We don't have to speak from ourselves. We can be word-filled and we can share the gospel of Christ. We don't have to do it on our own. I'm excited about this because the enemy is great to whisper lies and to tell you what you can't do. And I know this, and thankfully I have a husband who's pretty bold in what he says. You all know this. And there have been times where, I, you know, where I'll say, well, I really wish I could do this or that. Or you should feel really blessed that you get to do this or that. And I remember one day specifically where he was like, um, you need to be having some abiding time. And there's like a mind war going on. We listened to this whole um, preaching series on mind wars. And um, he was like, you need to listen to that. And you need to work some things out in your life. And he was going away on an itineration trip, and I was like, well, you can just go on then while I work all this out. (laughs) And, you know, he got on the road, he was on his way, and about 30 minutes later, after I had listened to one of these particular messages, I was like, I'm so sorry, I know it's not right, I get to do this, you know, thank you for being that reminder in my life. Why? Because I don't like negativity, I don't want to live my life in negativity, and I don't want my children growing up in a negative environment. And that falls on me because I'm the one that's with them so much. So I take it very seriously. I have to be in the word so I can share the word, and the word gives me hope. The last point is this. We can be missional mothers because God equips us to nurture By God's design, we were created in his image, and God is nurturing. We all came to know God because of his nurturing nature. What does God do? He draws us unto himself. He's always drawing us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he's drawing us in. He's loving us through hard times. He's loving us in the midst of our disobedience which is that correction, that's still love. He's always loving us. That's the nature of God that we rely on. We want to know that God loves us. And as women, that's downloaded into us because we are made in his image and we can be word-filled and we can share the message of God. He nurtures us by giving us what we need. He nurtures us by teaching us to know him more. He sent Jesus to show us the way to the Father. He sent Jesus to show us how to pray and to talk to the Father. Jesus and God are nurturing to the core, and that's what we are to be like. God created women with a unique skill set to nurture things. Zach's mom is like the best with plants. I didn't get that. I'm not good with plants. Artificial works best for me. Or a cactus. You know, like the thing in the store that they'll say, this is so hardy, you don't even have to water it. Good. That's what I need. But you know what? Women are guilty of doing this. We're guilty of saying, I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm talented in this area, and I'm not talented in this area. And I just want to say, with all the boldness in my heart, we cannot say we are not nurturers. This is something that both men 
and women have been given. Why? Because we're made in God's image. And this is the very core of God. So nobody gets to say, I'm not nurturing. It's just not my thing. I'm just not equipped with that. It's not my gift. It's not my talent. Wrong. If God is nurturing and we can count on that, we can be nurturing as well. Now, maybe there are things in your past and in your life that have made you feel like you're not very nurturing. And I want to say, let us pray with you. Let us walk alongside you and bring you to a place of healing and finding that place where God meets you and introduces himself as a nurturing father, a nurturing God. Our church body needs to be showing this example, nurturing one another. It's so important, and we all need to exhibit this at all times. By God's design, women bring forth generations. It's a beautiful thing. But what we have to guard against is thinking about this only biologically. Women can bring forth generations spiritually. And this is so important. In a few minutes, I'm going to invite some ladies, not yet, to do a panel with me. And I want them all to speak from the different phases of life that they're in. Because for me, once my children grow up, I'm not off the hook. I'm still called to be nurturing. And I want to do that to the best of my ability. I am a woman with my own children. But you know what? I can't teach my children everything they need to know. I read this interesting article, and it was saying, like, pushing, pushing the basket into the water. And we're gonna, I'm going to refer to that again before our panel. But this was really interesting to me, and it continually reminds me that my children are growing up. They're not babies anymore. And honestly, that's been kind of a hard thing for me. I wanted a baby. That's what I set out for. And I didn't think a whole lot about them being children. And so, obviously, we hit some hard times because babies are one thing. They're helpless. You have to help them and care for their needs. Children, on the other hand, can just be annoying. And so that's where the fruit of the Spirit really has kicked in in my life because it's like, Lord, help me. There's just not enough books to read except the Bible and these areas to help to continually guide our children in the ways they should go. But it's also become very obvious to me that I can't meet all of their needs. I can't. I can do what God has called me to do. I can do everything within my power and my knowledge to do. I can pray for them. But then guess what? They leave me and then go to school. They leave me and go to class. They leave me and go to a friend's house and play. And honestly, this is a stressor for me because I'm like, Lord, please help them to mind their manners or not do something that's really, really bad. Because I always feel like that comes back on me. I'm their mother, right? But they are their own people and God is continually shaping their lives. And we pray that over them. But we also really, really respect all the people that speak into our kids' lives. Lucas, he, he's really ornery. We don't know where he gets it from. He's really ornery. And Zach will play with him sometimes and say, who's your dad? And he'll say, Uncle Zach. He's meaning Zach Rainey. Who's your dad? Zach Rainey. The other Zach, he'll say. And Zach's like, who's your dad? Zach Rainey. He'll just keep going when he's in this mood. And it's just so funny because honestly, even though I know he's just giving Zach a hard time, I'm glad he knows Pastor Zach. I'm glad he has him on the tip of his tongue. Why? Because he needs people like that who are going to speak into his life and put in some nice guardrails that he needs, not just from our voice and our perspective, but from somebody else's perspective. To say, hey, that's just not right. Or that doesn't honor God. And that happens from people throughout our church, from the young people who are setting examples for them and living right and already volunteering. Our kids are aware of this. Like, what, what are they doing? They're volunteering. And when are you going to volunteer? <laughs> We want our kids to honor God 
And God equips us to do this. He equips us. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. And he offers us good news to share with the world. I just love that. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit, and I'm just going to tell you about two ministries that are going to take place, and they start right now within Summer Connect Groups. So one of them is the Impact Girls, which before it was Impact Girls, it was Missionettes. And the counterpart to that would be Royal Rangers. It's basically discipleship for kids kindergarten through fifth grade. So we already have Royal Rangers in place, which is discipleship for our boys. And then we have, now we're going to start Impact Girls, and that's for our girls. And it's discipleship. It's reading the Bible. It's strong in Bible memorization. I'm so excited for Haley to have this. Because what does the Bible say? Hide God's word in your heart so that you won't sin against him. So I want our girls and our boys to be infused with God's word. It's just the best thing we can give them. And so we're going to start this up in the fall. So parents of girls and our boys, the fall semester or the fall connect group will start these up. I'm telling you now because it's so easy to look at what the community is offering and get our kids plugged in to all these clubs. And then you just don't have enough time. And I want our kids to be given the time and the moment to grow in God's word and to allow godly mentors to help raise our kids in this. We want to have disciple makers. That means they need to be discipled. And we'd love to come alongside all the parents and do this. So I'm saying it now to get it on your radar for your girls, but also for our leaders. We're basically doing a summer connect group for the impact girls leaders. So we can come together, we can grow together in relationship, we can get our training done and be ready for the fall. So get that on your minds. And then um, the the next one is called, um, what is it? High Adventure. I already forget. High Adventure. And this is really exciting because... High Adventure is going to start this summer, and it picks up in sixth grade and goes up into our young adults. So are you seeing? We have something from kindergarten through fifth grade, sixth grade, till adulthood. Why? Because we really care about discipleship. We want to make disciples. High Adventure is going to be a lot of fun. It really started out for the guys and the um, men's ministry. They were really coming together and putting a lot of planning into this. And then when Zach and I got away for um, spring break as a family, he was telling me all about this, and um, he said, this is really something I would love for Haley, our daughter, to go through. And I said, okay, well, tell me some more about it. And the more he told me, I said, honestly, I needed this before we went to Sudan. What are we talking about for the kids? (laughs) And so we really just kind of put our heads together and decided it really needed to be opened up for guys and girls. And so it is a mentorship program, so we need parents to go through with their child or a mentor to go through with their child. And so what are we saying, like all the way to like to 22? Yeah, so parents, if you have a young adult that you feel like this would be a great thing to do this summer, we want you to be a part. We want to come alongside you to disciple. And I really, I know it's important for our girls Because for Zach and I, we were always running schools. And we always had way more girls than guys. Like one year, I think we had 25 girls and two guys. Okay, that's a lot. So I got really curious. I called our national office and I said, is there any way I could know the number of single men on the field right now versus single women on the field right now? And they told me. 102 single men serving right now, 380 single women serving right now, overseas in hard-to-reach places, high-security areas. Some of these are roughing it. And I'm saying, that's awesome. But have they been prepared for this in the way I feel they should be? Are they strong in the word? Do they know how to sleep in a tent if they have to? Can they start a fire if they had to? You just, you want your kids to be equipped. And as a church, 
We want to come alongside. So look into high adventure and then be prepared for the fall for our girls. Okay? All right, so my panel, would you guys come on up? We're going we're gonna to have just a quick chat. Um, this won't take very long, but I do feel like it will encourage you. Um, I'm asking Beth Cox to speak on behalf of early motherhood. Beth, if you want to come to this one. Beth Nagel is going to represent early empty nester. Early. She's still new in this. Linda, if you want to go here. Beth. Poor Beth. She's an active mom who hurt herself. Awesome. I don't think so. Okay, so I told you I read this article about... It's kind of funny to sit here. I read this article about um, putting your basket into the water, and it, it talked about what did Moses' mom feel like when she had to put that basket into the Nile River. And she really just, it was really about faith. She was saying, God, he's in your hands at this point. And then at the end of the article, or maybe in the middle, it talks about Jesus. How did Jesus feel as he's ascending to heaven and leaving the Great Commission with the disciples? You know, that was a big task. Go now and tell the whole world what I've taught you. So again, this concept of you do all you can, you put the basket in the water, and you're really leaving it in God's hands. So I sent this article to these ladies, and I said, just read this article and just allow the Lord to speak to your heart based on your phase of life in motherhood. So now Beth is going to speak first, and she's representing her family, which is two and four, right? Two, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Beth Nagel has three young adult children. Um, the last one went to college two years ago or one year ago. And then Linda Allen is a biological mother, but she's not up here to talk about that. She's up here to talk about being a spiritual mother and how she comes alongside so many university students. And so I really just want you just to kind of sit back, relax, and just open your minds and allow the Lord to speak to your heart and maybe the phase of life you're in to our moms. Okay, so Beth, Olivia is four. Don't cry. No, and she's getting ready to go to kindergarten. And so I want Beth to just tell us briefly, how does she feel like the Lord is preparing her to send Olivia to school? Well, and um, when you first sent us the article about putting our basket in the water and trusting God and just writing down some thoughts, and I didn't know specifically that we were going to talk about school, so I was all over the place. Um, But it was interesting because, like, what I wrote some stuff down on, it was like your message to the core. Uh, It just, um, that's my heart too, is during this journey of motherhood, I've learned that um, I, to be a mom, I have to know who my identity, where my identity is. I have to know and be grounded and rooted in the word, um, and know that my identity stands firm in him before I can pass that on to my kids. Because that's my, my heart's desire, is to give my kids um, faith in Christ. I want them to know him and not just be a Christian. I want them to know him. I want them to know his love and, and to really um, take hold of loving God and loving others. And... Um, so, but I've had to get a hold of that for myself as an adult. Like I grew up in the church, but I've had to um, rework that for myself. And so, you know, preparing for school and stuff, um, which this is actually, I'm not 100% sure that we're going to send her to public school. So this is, I know some other people are in this place too of, you know, there's public school, there's private school, there's homeschool. What do you do with your child? What is the best for my child? And um, I taught first grade before I became a stay-at-home mom. And it's natural for me to just want to teach my kid. I, I, I mean, that is in me. I'm a teacher and I'm a mother. I've wanted to be a teacher and a mother since I was in kindergarten. That's all I've ever wanted. And, um, and here I am getting the opportunity to do both of those things. And, um, but I have to not hang on to that control of, 
I'm a teacher, so I'm going to teach my kids. Um, but God may call me to do that and to homeschool them, and that is in me, and I think he's equipped me to do that. But I want to be at a place that I say, okay, God, I am happy to teach my kids at home, but if you want me to send them to school, I am okay with that too. I let go of that control, and that is the hardest thing for me is letting go of control. And um, But... Uh, as I've been thinking about control and stress and anxiety over those, those um, areas of motherhood, um, it, it, was really, it really came down to, am I abiding in the word? When I'm abiding in the word, I have peace. And I'm really getting a hold of those words are, are life and they're truth. And no matter whether I'm sending her to school and, or keeping her at home and equipping her longer at home, for the real world, um, I am abiding in him, and they're alongside me for that. Um, also, just to the point of where you're talking about spiritual motherhood and, and broadening our perspective on that, um, I, like I said, I've wanted to be a mother since I was very young. I played with baby dolls and did all that. Um, and when we first started trying to get pregnant, it took a while. I was like, this doesn't happen right away. Like, I mean, I know for some women it does, but it didn't for me, and it was heartbreaking. And I know other women are there too. And um, again, it came down to control for me in my, my situation. And um, I was at a women's retreat with our church, and the Lord just dropped in my heart, let it go, let it go. And I let it go. I let go of control, and, I, and he spoke to me about being a spiritual mother, how you are a mother. You are a mother. You babysit. You have opportunities where you are a mother in a broader sense of the word. And then that very next month, I got pregnant. <laughs> um, but just that, like that has broadened my perspective. We, we are mothers. We are disciple makers. And um, I wrote down from that song that we were singing earlier, um, so let go, my soul. The waves and winds still know his name. So, awesome. Thank you, Beth. Okay, so now we have the Nagels. We saw them playing football in the yard on Facebook yesterday. And I just thought, that's awesome. And what I wanted to say on Facebook was, I know your heart is so happy, but I felt like it was a little mushy for Facebook. <laughs> so tell us, about how you are, how you feel, how does the Lord minister to your heart with this age? So this age has, um, it's fun. I feel like it's the reward for the years when um, you couldn't wait until it was eight o'clock bedtime. <laughs> because if you heard, Mom, one more time, you're going to pull your hair out. Um, and so the reward is now having your children come home from college and you see them growing in the Lord. Um, you see them in their rooms and they're reading scripture and they're journaling and they bring their journals to church and they're journaling when they hear Pastor Zach speak. Um, it's the joy in watching them walk in what God is calling them to do, even if it looked didn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. Um, just when you get that confirmation in your soul that, yes, they are doing what God is calling them to do. Um, it's learning to move from giving advice to being that listening ear. And if they ask for advice, then you try to give it. And that's been a really, really hard one for me. <laughs> I immediately want to say, oh, but if you'll just do this, and, and they're at the ages now, um, Caleb's 24, Hannah will be 22 on the 9th of June, and uh, Rachel just turned 20. They're at the ages now where I need to let them talk, sort it out, and then offer advice if they want it, and I have to sit back and let them make decisions, and um, I'm finding that's difficult to do. Um, but it's also really exciting when you see um, the move in the gifts that God has given them. Um, and it, it's been such a joy as well that our kids want to come home 
and they actually still want to bring their friends home too. We've been blessed to have. Uh, we had a floor retreat um, from the Taylor boys when Jeff was or Caleb was at Taylor, and we had I don't know sixteen boys in our basement. Boy, was that a trip! Um, and and Hannah this fall brought home her sweet mates. So we had seven other girls from school, and that's been a joy too because I not only get to nurture my kids, but I get to nurture the the kids that they're involved with. So that's been really exciting. Um, So my biggest prayer from the time that Caleb was born is that they would walk with the Lord all the days of their lives, that they would be men and women of God, and there is no greater joy than seeing them do that now. And for those of you that maybe your children aren't, I'll be praying for you, and I'll be praying that they will come back to that that they have known. And for those of you whose children are, make sure you tell them how proud you are of them to see them walking and what joy it gives you in your heart to see them walking with the Lord because um, in the end, that's all there is. That's all there is. Okay, on just a second, okay. So what's fun for Zach and I is that we don't necessarily have the babies anymore, but we're not, well, we're not too far from young adulthood. As fast as it goes, I feel like we're so close. And it's been fun for us to be able to hang out with the Nagels because we get to see their children, you know, they're older than us. And so what's fun is to see how they interact with their kids, but what was fun is that we get to see how their kids interact with them. And boy, that just really brought on a whole new set of ideas for me. Because, you know, you kind of just focus on your job. And then I thought about it, and I thought, man, for Zach and I, we want our kids to want to come home and visit us and, and hang out with us. And, you know, she was talking about a vacation they'd gone on, and a stranger had asked her, why do your kids want to be on vacation with you? This, you know, our kids don't want to do that with us. And that's just like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And I thought, well, I want my kids to go on vacation with me. <laughs> and anyway, one, one night we, we were at their home and one of their um, children happened to be there. And just in the course of conversation, it brought me to tears to hear her talking about what she knew about her parents. She was talking about a friend and she was telling her friend, even if I'm not there, you can go to my house and my mom and dad will let you in and my mom and dad will take care of you. And I was like, oh my word. I mean, she was saying it with such assurance and such passion that I just wanted to say, way to go, Beth and Jeff. That's awesome. So not only were they doing their best to pour into their kids, but their kids were sure that their parents were open to discipling somebody else. And you don't even know what that situation would be. So I just felt like that was really encouraging. And so it encourages us, but it challenges us too as parents. And I would encourage all of you, sometimes it's easier to hang out with parents and children that are your same age group, but it's really beneficial to try to hang out with people who have kids a little older than you and allow them to feed you in your parenthood and in that journey it's really a blessing, and vice versa. You know, I can look at Beth and say, it gets a lot better, you know? <laughs> just hang on, drink a lot of coffee, pray a lot, you know? But just to say, I read this book, or we put this into practice, and, you know, all those things, so just to be there for each other in that special way. Okay, Miss Linda. Miss Linda Lee or Miss Linda Allen? Who would you like to be? <laughs> Linda Allen. Anyway, we love the Allens. They're such a precious couple to us, and they just always open the door to us, always. And they, they held the Penske for us when we first got here, just so you know. Anyway, um, Linda is just full of life, full of personality, and I think all of Purdue campus worldwide knows who Linda is. And it's just impressive. Anyways, I want Linda to just speak to us from her heart and where she's at in this phase of life and what the Lord continually allows you to do with discipleship. Um, Thank you, Shelly, for letting me share. I want to take one step back um, because I know all of us here come from a different background and we were not all blessed with really strong Christian families. And 
I think it's important for you to realize that it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your past is. It matters how God has you now and how he's moving you forward. I had kind of an unusual background. Um, some of you know that my, my father's family is Jewish and my mother's family were at some point back in their heritage, um, Protestants. My mom was like the black sheep and my dad was the black sheep of his family and they came together and uh, they, we did, I grew up with no God in my house. I honestly didn't even know that Christmas was about Jesus until uh, very late in high school <laughs> because he just, you know, that was their choice to get God out of their lives. And um, so God, God, brought me to him in ways that I can describe now because I understand the Holy Spirit. But when God brought me to him, I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I didn't even know how to tell people with the right language of what had happened to me. And of course, my family thought I had gotten to, into a cult. Um, but I want, and then God, God actually, starting with me, is bringing, you know, salvation and eternity back into my family, slowly but surely, lots of prayer. Um, my sisters are born again a believer, and so now there's two of us praying for the rest of the family. But I say that because I got, I, I got saved um, when I was 19. I actually got married and had a child by the soon after, like, 20 and a half, and I really didn't know how to raise my children with the Lord or even how to... Uh, even really what parenthood should look like because my dad was in the military. We never lived anywhere more than 18 months. So I didn't even understand community, which I should have coming from a Jewish family. And my Jewish family is very community oriented, but my dad chose to pull himself away from his family. And um, so to make a long story short for the step back is, you know, in hindsight, there's a lot of things I wish I would have done different with my children. Um, and the enemy, as Shelley mentioned, can whisper to you and bring that to you all the time, but that's the past. So all of you that feel like you fell short, and I'm sure we all feel fell, fall short, we're all humans, you have to let it go and you just have to love your kids now no matter what age they are. You have to pray for them um, that they will come to know the Lord fully as, fully as you know and more. And it's interesting that God would then place me, I actually didn't have a goal to be a university professor. Again, God is not surprised by anything in our life, and he has a plan. And I never would have even imagined, they have me give talks sometimes about, you know, motivational talks about how you became a professor. And I said, okay, but you need to know that it wasn't my goal. I didn't <laughs> always say, I'm going to go to school to be a professor. You know, I was going to, I was going to be a marine biologist and then I was going to be pre-vet and then I was pre-med. I didn't know. And God, through the doors that he opened and as I grew in him and was obedient to the Holy Spirit, here I am at Purdue since uh, 1993. And what God has done in my heart is I always pray, God, give me, give me your heart for the students I see. Give me your heart even for the colleagues I see because I'm in a world where science, it's not science versus God. I know it's not science versus God. God created science, but I am in a campus and I am in a world where it's science versus God. And I'm also oftentimes um, commented on about my beliefs, but what the students know, no matter whether they believe as I believe, they know that they can come to me, they can, they, they can confide in me, that I will speak words of encouragement in them, that they will see my walk in the Father. They see my walk in Jesus every single day, and I'm able to minister to them and nurture them. And I pray, Lord, let me never be too Martha-like I am a Martha-like, a personality, that I don't make time for them. And they know my door is always open. A lot of university professors are not in their office or their door is closed. My door is always open. I try to always make sure when they walk in and I have five deadlines to meet in 20 minutes and they walk in, Lord, redeem my time, redeem my strength, give me wisdom, let me at least impart something good and nurturing into them. Um, and I've been really excited to see the Lord, S several of these students come to know the Lord, most of them not through me leading them to the Lord. I just played a part, and then all of a sudden there would be another part, whether it was Chi Alpha or another person from another church. So we all seed, we all water. And so all I can encourage you, my, I guess my points of encouragement for you is don't hold on to anything in the past. 
Let the Lord, Lord work in you now. Ask him to give you eye, his eyes and his ears and his heart and try, as Pastor Zach and Shelley have been trying to get us to do, to know, to live intentionally, that every time you go anywhere and you walk out your door, know that you could be crossing somebody's path and you might have a small word. And we can think, oh, I have to be perfectly learned in the word. I can especially feel that pressure as a university professor. I'm supposed to know everything. I, I might not know everything, but the Holy Spirit can drop in me what he needs to at that moment to share a word. What's important is that my heart be open and that I just really pray that God um, continues to allow me to minister to the students. And, you know, I don't know where all the Chi Alpha people are. I'm actually Chi Alpha faculty advisor, but I don't have to do anything for them except pray because they're awesome. <laughs> And they're really helping to minister to students too. So my encouragement is to you, just how Shelley said, you're not, not a nurturer. God gave us that. And you will find such blessings in nurturing. And now with discipleship, I should say that. Those of you that think, well, I don't know enough in the word to disciple or I don't have time. Let me tell you, if I can make time for discipleship, I can assure you, you can make time for discipleship. And what's more amazing, you will be so blessed by the person that you're paired with because they're amazing and watching the words that come out of their mouth and what God's putting in them that they share, it's really awesome. So those of you, especially my time of life, your children are not in your home, you have your prayer closet for them, but you have all the rest of your time to minister to all the other people in your lives. And so that's God's call for us, community. And I'm really, I'm very thankful we have a pastoral couple that is here teaching us about community, because God knows I needed that, and I know we need that. Thanks. Let's give him a hand, okay? Let's love on him. So I really want us to have that takeaway that when you walk out of this place today, of course, celebrate your mother, honor her for what she has done in your life, but then maybe you are not a biological mother. Be a spiritual mother. Find out what that passion is that God wants to put in your heart and then live it out. Have that passion that God wants to put in you to love someone, to care for someone, to walk alongside someone for however long that might be. And just be open to that. Let's not close ourselves off to what God wants to do in our lives. So bless you today, bless you mothers, bless all of our women, because God wants us to be disciple makers as mothers. Amen.